Emmett Fox's Power Through Constructive Thinking, Life After Death, Part 2. There are many different localities on the next plane, differing very much one from another, just as in this world we find countries as different as Sweden and Italy, for example. And even in the same city we find such different conditions as the squalid streets of slumberland and the beautiful sections occupied by wealthy and cultured people. Indeed, there is much greater variety of living conditions over there than anything that we find on this earth, so that one might compare the going over to the experience of a man who spends most of his life on a small island there, and then suddenly leaves that island to explore the whole world. What is it that determines the kind of place to which you will go after death and the sort of people among whom you will find yourself? Of course it is not a master of chance or luck any more than it is the nature of your surroundings here. You will go to the sort of place and be among the sort of people for whom you have prepared yourself by your habitual thinking and your mode of living while on this earth. No one sends you anywhere. You naturally gravitate to the place where you belong. You have built up a certain character, that is, a certain mentality, by your years of thinking, speaking, and acting on this plane. That is the kind of person you are at the moment, and you find yourself in conditions corresponding to your personality. Remember that death makes positively no change in you. You are just the same person that you were before it happened. You have your full memory, and you remember the general events of your life just as well, and often somewhat better. Uh, somewhat better than you did toward the end of your life here. Students of metaphysics understand that all our conditions in the world are the result of our thoughts and convictions, and precisely the same thing is true of the next world. On this plane, people with the same interests tend to attract one another. The law that birds of a feather flock together holds throughout the universe. There is, however, one extremely important difference. On the other side, your thoughts are demonstrated immediately. In this world, as we know, it may take days, weeks, and even years before mental states come out into manifestation, but over there, they demonstrate at once. Whatever you think or feel strongly, you experience instantly as an outer condition, 
and this is rather confusing at first. To those on the other side, the ether seems just as solid as the physical matter does to us, and in the beginning they expected to have the inertia which it does not possess. They are surprised and disconcerted when they constantly find that it submits immediately to the molding of their thought. They feel rather like a person whose automobile gets out of control and runs away with him. They think, and sometime, and something happens to correspond. This surprises or frightens them, and this fright causes an intensification of the phenomenon, or perhaps a seeming cataclysm and confusion worse confounded multiplies until the newcomer pulls himself together and learns to control his thinking. One would naturally suppose that those that are under these conditions, that they need only be careful what he thinks and all will be well. And this is perfectly true, but in practice it is difficult instantly to change one's habits of thought in this way. If we have been accustoming ourselves when on earth to negative thinking, to thoughts of fear, criticism, ill will, or sickness, it takes some time to overcome such habits when we get across. Most of us know only too well partially those of us who have tried the seven-day mental diet. Most of us know only too well that changing our current of thoughts is not an easy matter, but of course it has to be done. At this point, let it be clearly understood that this next plane is not heaven or the conscious presence of God. Those people work through great difficulties in this world and go over with an enlightened consciousness, find themselves so much better off that they sometimes think it must be heaven, but it is not. It is a limited etheric world, less limited than is this plane, but limited nonetheless and just as liable to discord and decay. Indeed, objects over there decay much more quickly than do objects on this plane. Instead of broken or worn out objects lying about for a long time as they do with us, the forms in which people are no longer interested melt right back into the ether immediately, and this makes newcomers think that there is no decay there, but there is, only it is ended much more quickly. In our world, for example, a chair, let us say, or a suit of clothes is manufactured, whereupon it immediately begins to wear out. This process, however, is 
a very slow one. So much so that even after it becomes too shabby or damaged for further use, the fragments of it still lie about for years and years before falling into dust, if not otherwise disposed of. On the next plane, a discarded etheric form fades out very quickly. You do not meet God on the next plane any more than you do on this plane. God is everywhere. Of course, he is fully present on the next plane, just as he is on this plane. But there, as here, he is to be contacted only in one's own consciousness by some form of prayer or spiritual treatment. Heaven is that perfect state of consciousness in which one is in full realization of the divine presence. In that consciousness there is no limitation or evil or decay of any kind. When one attains to that condition, he has finished with the theoric planes just as surely as he has finished with the plane of physical matter. If you can reach to that level of consciousness while still in this world, and few have succeeded in doing so, still in this world you do not die or go across to the etheric planes at all. You go straight to heaven from earth. Moses did this and Enoch and Elijah and a few others. This is what is called translation or deterior correction, dematerialization to dematerialize. It is accomplished by the overwhelming of the sense of separation from God which is really the fall of man. It means overcoming selfishness, sensuality, criticism, fear, and other such things. It means living nearer and nearer to God every day. Of Enoch, the Bible says he walked with God before he was translated. And indeed, there is no other way to freedom. There is a footnote for that last paragraph, Genesis 5:24. There are some very unpleasant localities in the next world. It is no use ignoring this fact just for sentimental reasons. However, the average person does not go to any of them. People who lead very evil lives on this earth, whose minds are chiefly given up to hatred, deceit, or sensuality, will find themselves in such places. This does not mean the average man or woman who may fall into wrongdoing under the pressure of severe temptation, but people whose lives are deliberately wrong. 
These are the places referred to as hell by the Orthodox preachers. They are not places of vindictive punishment, and they certainly do not last forever, but only until the delinquent has seen the error of his ways and has reformed. Let me repeat that no one sends anyone to these places. They are merely the natural surroundings of a soul which has gotten itself into that condition by repeatedly choosing the lower in preference to the higher. Neither does anyone determine when the punishment will cease. The escape from such conditions takes place automatically as soon as the soul is sufficiently changed. Someone may be inclined to ask whether it is appropriate to speak of localities on the next plane since such places are really but the outpicturing of the subject's own thoughts. The answer is that this is all that localities are on this plane. What we call a country or a city, a house or a room in this world is but outpictured thought, nothing more. And indeed, the only fundamental differences over there are the absence of inertia, which makes things almost instantaneous, and the existence of the extra dimension. So it happens that once people wake up in the next world and begin to get used to the conditions, they usually have a great sense of physical well-being and a more interesting and instructive life. The conditions of living are utterly different from ours. There your money is no longer of the slightest use to you. You can't take it with you and only the mental and spiritual wealth that you have accumulated can go along. There is no money as we understand it because thought being immediately demonstrated, there is no need to purchase objective possessions. What you're able to think of clearly, you have. Many fine things will still be out of reach of many people there because they cannot con clearly conceive them. And it is not this the exact truth about our own world also. In this world, anything that can clearly conceive comes into your possession if you really want it. And anything that you truly understand becomes yours in a deep, sense. It's a still deeper sense, for you can never lose it. The chief difference between the two worlds is, once more, that results come so much more slowly in this world, owing to the inertia of physical matter, which over there they do not have to meet. 
There is no childbirth on the next plane, and therefore no marriage or family life as we understand it. And when you consider the extraordinary importance of family on this plane, you will see that without it, the whole scheme of living must be different. Will you meet your relatives and friends when you go over? People naturally wonder whether they will see each other again. Those whom they loved, who have passed out of sight, and to tell the truth, many are quite apprehensive of having to renew their contact with people whom they have disliked, members of the family, perhaps, whom they would prefer never to meet again. The fact is that where there is a strong emotional link between either love or hatred, there is likely to be a meeting. Where there is a strong link of genuine love, there is sure to be a meeting. Where there is no particular feeling because two people, there will not be a meeting. Of course, love will take care of itself, but there is a real danger that if you allow yourself to indulge in hatred of anyone, you will meet when you have both passed over. To prevent this happening, destroy the link by ceasing to hate. Forgive the other person and let him free in your thoughts. You do not have Go like him. You so not have, go like him. But you must wish him well. Do not imagine that your family will ever be reassembled on the other side. Family relationships are for this plane only and have no existence there. Your father will not be your father on the other side, but a friend who played the role of father over here. Your daughter will not be your daughter there, but a friend who enacted the part of daughter to you for a number of years on earth. Some people imagine that the whole earth family must be reassembled as a family over there. But consider what this would mean. You had two parents and probably some brothers and sisters. Each of your parents had two parents and probably some brothers and sisters and so forth. And so you will see what the compulsory reunion of families would involve in a few generations. The actual fact is, as I have stated, that the relationships of parents and children, brothers and sisters, uncles and nephews, husbands and wives, are but temporary arrangements for this life only. If two brothers or a parent and a child have a strong bond of sympathy in this life, they will meet again and perhaps be closely associated on the next plane. But this will be because of the bond of sympathy 
and not because they happen to be members of the same family here. When a marriage is satisfying to both parties here, the partnership can continue by mutual consent on the other side. Otherwise, death dissolves a marriage, and the two need never even meet again, much less resume any kind of mutual bond. Beyond the next plane, there are other planes, and after a certain length of time over there, most people develop mentally and spiritually so that they graduate out of that plane onto the next higher one. That plane has five dimensions, and the ether composing it is far less dense than that of the next one to us and it in turn presents many new opportunities to the developing soul. After death, one's instinct to lead somewhat the same type of life as he has been accustomed to here, and this is why some intellectual or artistic training, and particularly some spiritual development, makes so much difference. There is no limit over there to the opportunities for intellectual study and attainment. Most of the age-old and to us insoluble problems of philosophy and religion can be answered on the next plane with some study and trouble. Of course, this only means that new ones then come up for consideration. Because as we lengthen our vision, so does the horizon grow. Nevertheless, wonderful progress in the understanding of life can be and is made along these lines. The artist and the musician at last begin to get things their own way. The lack of commercial aptitude which usually marks the genuine artist and for which he is so often punished in this world is no detriment over there. And the etheric conditions present little or no difficulty such as physical matter does to the development of literary, artistic, and musical gifts. It is worth mentioning that even a little study along intellectual lines while in this world, and even a very little genuine interest in art or music is sufficient to start off the newcomer over there under very favorable auspices. On the other hand, those who know nothing whatever about these things find it much more difficult to make the beginning over there than they would here. Scientific studies such as chemistry, physics, e electricity, and so forth, they can be tremendously developed over there since the nature of vibration is far dif different 
and it's better understood on the other side that is with us. The man who benefits least by the change to the new world is the materially minded person who has developed no mental or spiritual resources whatever while on this plane. Being interested only in material things, in food and drink and money, in social success, worldly honors, and material possessions in general, he naturally finds himself rather stranded in a world where none of these things have any meaning. Nevertheless, if he has led an average, honest, clean life, and on the whole behaved decently according to his light, he will be nothing worse than extremely bored until his higher faculties begin to unfold in the course of time. Now consider the man or woman who lives wholly for the body and is dominated by it. The sensualist, the dipsomaniac, the drug addict. Physical cravings being part of the mentality are, of course, carried over to the next plane. But there is no physical body through which these appetites may be satisfied, and so the victim is tormented by desire, but unable to satisfy it, until, in the course of time, these desires fade out by starvation. This is the natural punishment for allowing the physical body to assume control, and surely it is punishment enough. Indeed, we find what is called poetic justice running right through the universe. The rewards of positive thought and action are the natural consequences following upon these things, and the punishments following upon wrongdoing or neglect are natural consequences too. Like begets like. Take care of your body and you are rewarded with the joy of health, not with money. Take care of your business and you are rewarded with prosperity, not necessarily with health. Work hard at your music and the reward is to be an accomplished musician. Neglect it, and no money will buy the proficiency that you have failed to earn. Ill treatment of your body and the natural punishment is sickness and discomfort, not a falling off in the value of your stocks and bonds and so on through the whole gamut of life we reap as we sow. Whether it be on the earth plane or any of the etheric planes which lie beyond. It may be said here that it is not necessary to lead 
and ascetic life in this world in order to be happy in the next one. All the extraordinary harmless pleasures of life may be enjoyed in reasonable moderation with, without involving any suffering or hardship afterwards. This is the end of Power Through Constructive Thinking, Life After Death, Part 2.